Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick, and welcome to The Daily Lick. We are really excited to be joined by a special guest all the way from Hong Kong, Andrew Merrilees. Welcome to Lick. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa and Nick. It's great to be here. So you are the general manager of Bupa in Asia, which is quite an exciting role, I imagine, at this time. It's, it's an exciting role. Um, certainly lots of challenges and uh, some interesting things going on in Hong Kong at the moment, that's for sure. Are you the GM of uh, Bupa Hong Kong or, or Bupa Asia as a whole? Um, so Bupa Asia, which for us is just a small number of countries, um, so excluding Australia and New Zealand, um, so Singapore, Hong Kong, are the two, two sort of bigger units that we have in Asia. Okay, excellent. Um, well, Andrew, we had a chat um, prior to the podcast regarding Hong Kong and how it's had its challenges over the past eight to 12 months. Mate, how are you finding the uh, Hong Kong economy and how do you think it's all going to play out? Yeah, so it's, it is really interesting. I think Hong Kong's a pretty resilient country and, and the people are very resilient. So we had seven or eight months of protests in the back half of last year and yeah. then that ended and we all saw a bit of relief in sight in early January and then coronavirus kicked off for us sort of by late January. So we, we really have been almost 12 months of some sort of crazy disruption. The company went into recession as well during Q4 of last year. So, you know, I think it's been an incredibly challenging time that probably not too many places in the world would ever have experienced. But for whatever, the, um, you know, the economy's holding up. So we haven't seen huge amounts of redundancies here. People still seem to have, you know, jobs that are holding up reasonably well. You know, there's yeah. stresses, but on the whole, um, you know, not too bad. Well, mate, so you had the, you had the protests for eight months, now you have COVID-19. So what's next? A bloody earthquake or? <laughs> Seriously, so it's one thing after another in Hong Kong. It's unbelievable what's happening over there. <laughs> so let's hope not earthquake. Um, I suspect there's a high probability there'll be more protests this year. Um, mm. you know, I think it's highly likely there'll be some more around the middle of this year. Um, and so we're starting to see COVID-19 come to a little bit of an end of what I'd probably describe as phase two for Hong Kong. Um, so the last 10 days, I think we've had three days of no cases confirmed. Um, okay. So we're going to be coming to the tail end, but this is sort of the second phase for us. But, um, but what's next? Uh, who knows? Um, possibly a phase three as well. I think um, as countries start to release their lockdown laws and every country will have to go through that at some stage, there's a high chance that there'll be another phase that will happen after that um, sort of releasing of the standards. So um, whether it's next round of COVID-19 protests or maybe earthquake or something else, we'll have to wait and see. Well, I was, um, I was hoping to see your designer Bupa face mask. So I was hoping, <laughs> I was hoping to see one. <laughs> it's close by, never fear. <laughs> so how do you team, keep your team engaged and feeling positive when there's so much uncertainty? Because it's not even, like, I mean, in Australia, I feel like it really sort of hit us pretty hard uh, probably about six weeks ago and we all went into a lockdown yeah. almost quite quickly. But when we had a yes. chat 
you were saying like you've been in lockdown pretty much since January in some sort of, you know, yeah. shape or form. So how do you keep your team feeling like things are going to be okay and motivated and productive? Yeah, it's, um, there's, there's lots of challenges around that. So, you know, I watch Australia closely. My family's there. So, you know, kids here at school haven't been back to school since before Christmas. So for parents that have got kids at home, and that would include, you know, lots of our staff, their children haven't been back to school for three or four months. Generally speaking, everyone lives in an apartment in Hong Kong. So we've got three generations of our teens, grandparents, parents and kids all living in very small apartments. So keeping our team motivated and, and even just wanting to work from home is incredibly difficult. Um, I think it's it's been a roller coaster ride for people as well. So we had a confirmed um, coronavirus case in our office back in January, uh, sorry, early February. And we were probably one of the first businesses outside of China, anywhere in the world that had to close down our office and basically force everyone home. So, you know, we've had to do a lot of things along the way. And, and most of it, I think, for me is around communication. So we've tried to make sure every day there's different forms of communication going out to our people, whether that's video messages or WhatsApp chat groups or, you know, the traditional sorts of comms around email. Um, we, you know, I think we've been very focused on trying to get as much of that information out as we can. And at the same time, try and make some of it a bit fun, right? So it's very easy to focus on all the negatives and all the challenges, but actually what we've tried to do is um, make sure there's a bit of a balance between the serious what you're dealing with and also then trying to get a few um, laughs in for people. And mostly that's probably been at my expense. <laughs> so, 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 what, so what you're telling me is you're patient zero. So you're the one that had um, COVID-19 in your office. Is it yourself or a... Yes. No, yeah, thankfully not me. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't start spreading rumours about poor Andrew. <laughs> is there, there's, is there's, there's a lot of people here in the team that would wish it was me, I'm sure. <laughs> no. I know, we're all hoping secretly it's Nick and we don't have to see him for ages, but unfortunately yeah, he's yet exactly. to touch it. <laughs> yep. Thanks, Lise. Really appreciate that. <laughs> Andrew, are you still working remotely or are you back in the office now? Um, so... Today I'm in the office, um, but we're probably about 85% of our people are all working from home or working remotely okay. now. So, um, we, we, for a while, were split into two teams, um, trying to stop an individual business unit getting, getting completely taken out if they had an infection. So we split each business unit into sort of a team A and a team B, and had them on a rotational basis. But yep. for the last three or four weeks since the second phase kicked off in Hong Kong, We've been pretty much nearly everyone worked from home. With with Bupa, do they do you specialise in health insurance or any yeah, other types of insurance? Um, here in Hong Kong, that's all we do, really. So just okay. health insurance. So you guys, Man, you, guys, you, guys you guys must be booming. <laughs> <laughs> you guys must be absolutely booming. <laughs> uh, probably the opposite to some degree. So you know, as as I know, you've seen in Australia pretty much the economy's come to a standstill mm. and most people are very concerned about their health and their health and well-being probably more broadly um, thinking about insurances or um, yeah, hospitalizations not high on anyone's to-do list at the moment so I think for us it's mostly been 
we've tried to focus on two things really, which is first and foremost our staff safety and making sure that we do and did everything we can to protect people. But then at the same time recognising that, you know, we've got a lot of customers here in Hong Kong that are in a pretty difficult period and may need to lean on us at some point in time. So making sure that from a business continuity point of view, we were still accessible and that we could still, um, you know, help people as much as possible in, you know, what's a pretty concerning time for any of us really. So look, when you think about it, in the past six weeks since I've been isolated, I haven't spent anything apart from buying food and other bits and pieces. So no one's buying. Not no one, but many yeah. people just aren't buying at the moment. Yes. Um, and like you're right, health insurance is probably not, not at the top of my list right now, even though, even though it probably should be. Um, yeah, it's, just, <laughs> it's it probably, Lisa, how about yourself? Are you buying anything at the moment? Apart from makeup? <laughs> well, I think actually, for, from the stuff that I see from a digital marketing perspective, um, people are probably not spending as much, but they're still buying because they're bored. Like, they're just really bored at home. So, like, we've found that people are still spending money, but it's just, I guess, what are they spending In on? In certain areas. Yeah, definitely. So, it's interesting because when you're a company and you're saying that, obviously, people probably aren't actively searching for your product, do you then pivot your offering to something else to try and stay relevant to the demands of consumers? Or is it for you now just about brand awareness? So there are some industries that clearly have done very well. So as I understand it, on alcohol delivery has gone through the roof. <laughs> Many it's other countries around everywhere. the world as, <laughs> as isolation has kicked in. But <laughs> so, so not it's not a bloom. Um, I think also, you know, I think a lot of companies um, would take the view that they don't want to be trying to profit from this situation. Right? This is a pretty serious crisis time globally, and doing the right thing for customers, I think, should be first and foremost for all of us. But to your question, Lisa, um, you know, whilst we only do one line of insurance, which is health insurance, we also um, have the biggest clinics or GP clinics um, business in Hong Kong. And that business has been a very traditional sort of bricks and mortar business of going into a clinic for a treatment. This situation has caused us to really accelerate something like telemedicine and Ooh. really think about virtual GP consults clearly going to be much safer for people where they don't have to go into a clinic that might have infected people in there. Um, and so we've seen some things like that. Mental health has become a huge focus for us. Partly it already was because of the protests. We recognised that, you know, after seven or eight months of protest, Hong Kong people in general were pretty exhausted and had been through a pretty traumatic experience. Yeah. And then this right on the back of that shows us that things like online mental health coaching is, is also something that is becoming more and more um, of interest to people, which probably, if I was brutally honest, 12 months ago, neither of those areas were particularly high on the radar in, in Hong Kong. Mm. Yeah, look, mental health is massive, you know, in Australia at the moment. And the discussion around that is, you know, huge and everyone's talking about it. And I really feel like although Corona's been bad, it's been at least uh, a good from the sense that people are more open now to talk about their mental health and the challenges that they're having. So hopefully that's a little bit of a silver lining from this whole experience. So it's great to at least see that more and more people might be getting help in that area. Yes, and, you know, I would say that maybe Australia's five or ten years ahead 
at the moment of where Asia is on that journey. So there's still wow. quite a big around mental health at the moment and it's probably still seen as a sign of weakness to some degree if someone was to come out and admit that they were having some struggles. Um, whereas, you know, I think there's going to be broader acceptance at the end of all of this that actually it's okay to ask for help and, um, and we all need to lean on someone from time to time. I think yeah. I think that there has to there has to be a broader acceptance of mental health because it is COVID's definitely brought it to the forefront um, of everyone's minds. I think it's definitely going to be a big issue moving forward. Um, like, and like I said, with alcohol consumption, it's increased by. I mean, I read the other day, eighty six percent alcohol consumption's increased by eighty six percent during the past six to eight weeks. The people are bored, so they so they're just drinking and they and they're stressed yeah, yeah. and they're concerned. Yeah. Even, even personally, I know that I've started drinking more at home. <laughs> I'm like, what's happened to me? I, I, never, I never used to um, uh, drink during the week. And I'd have a glass of wine or two at night. I'm like, I'm like do me. Stop. I'm like, imagine but, uh, if you were stuck in an apartment. Like, that would be even crazy, oh, like in Hong geez. Kong. You'd go nuts. I'd be, I'd be drinking two bottles a night. <laughs> <laughs> the only good news is our pubs haven't completely shut down. Uh, really? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, good, good old one chai. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> when um, when does your team plan to return to work in terms of return to the office, Andrew? Yeah. So um, we we were talking about that every day. Um, from my perspective, we're not in any hurry to rush back. So the fact that we've made this new form of working or remote working work very well, I think, overall, um, says to me that this will become the new norm for us and we don't necessarily, we may not ever see 100% of people back in the office again. Um, probably in the next couple of weeks we'll start to relax things and, and let more people back into the office. As, as I said before, if, if I was in a very small apartment with my grandparents and children running around, I probably would want to come to an office environment as well. But, um, you know, at the moment, my view is very much about let's put the safety of our people first. And whilst there's still some cases of COVID-19 around, I don't think there's any rush for us. Our, our service standards have held up really well. So if that was falling apart, you might rush to make some other decisions. But frankly, I think we're, um, we've survived this so far. Um, perhaps we're pretty, um, pretty well. So what, you're saying is, so, so what you're saying is you live in a mansion. And you're not rushing. You're not, you're not rushing. You're not you're rushing back to work. <laughs> well, we, we all have to be comfortable. I, I just don't have grandparents living with me. <laughs> yeah, well, that's actually interesting what you're saying about the new norm because quite a few corporates in Australia actually don't give their teams uh, actual permanent desks, so they all pretty much just hot desk, so they don't yes. have to even come into the office all the time. So. I know that we've spoken a little about this, Nick, but you know, it'd be interesting to see once the whole virus thing dies down, whether this will be normal and not everyone will be in the office all the time or it'll be a split mm. of you know, half in the office and then half working from home. I think I've mentioned to you, Lisa, that I'll do probably three days in the office and two days at home moving forward. Yeah. Um, I've spoken to a, a couple of mates in government and they said Australia be returning back to work or Victoria. We'll be returning back to work around mid-May, so the 11th of May to the 18th of May. Yeah. So it's not confirmed yet, but it's looking likely that's going to happen. Yeah. So Nick usually does his work at home, and then he comes in for half the week to disrupt his team. 
<laughs> I come in, I fluff around, high five some people, and then I go home. <laughs> and they're like, thank God, we don't need to see him for another couple of days. We can get some work done. <laughs> but you, you, so how big is Bupa in the, the team that you manage? Yeah, so we're in the insurance business is about 500 people um, in Hong Kong, and our clinics business is about 1,500. Wow. Um, okay. Wow. It's huge. I'm probably a little bit like Nick as well, that I, I need that human contact. So um, coming in and disrupting or bothering people <laughs> is something that I probably need to do a little bit as well, um, as opposed to yeah, being stuck at home, annoying the dog. High five. How are you doing? Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Job's done. Now yeah. I'm gone. Job's done. <laughs> Yeah, I think it would be, this would be definitely a challenging time for extroverts. Like I know that I've spoken to quite a few people over the past couple of weeks and, you know, they're really missing that human interaction. And I think a lot of us have sort of taken that for granted. So I don't know how, uh, you know, how long people will be able to just not work in the office for ongoing. But, yeah, it's definitely going to change the way I think a lot of businesses do business because you can save money on uh, not having to rent so much office space, things like that. So... Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be long-term impacts. So, Andrew, do you have 500 people working from home and are most of these people on the phones doing, obviously, sales calls and customer service? How's that working for you working remotely? Yeah, so, again, probably 12 months ago, you know, I think lots of big businesses like us have business continuity plans and they think about what happens if our office was closed for a period of time. But... I think my take on that is that most of our planning was done that our office might be closed for two or three days, maybe a week due to some sort of building malfunction and the office would be back open. I don't think we ever factored that this could be for a two, three or six month period. Um, and so when you think about all of the different functions that work across our business from you know, clinical staff to people paying a claim to people, as you say, taking phone calls, sales guys, some roles are much easier, I think, to do remotely, um, and some have traditionally been very office-focused. What we've now discovered, you know, a few months into this is that actually there isn't really any role that couldn't be done from someone's home, and that would even include if we had to mail from there. So that, that's a good example of something that we haven't moved off-site, that's still done on-site, primarily from private point of view, but um, pretty much every other role in our business, we've been able to make work remotely, even someone in a call centre, um, you know, taking calls from home that we can route out to their their home or, or wherever they may be. So. I had um, I had my life insurance company ring me the other day. I think I, I'm not going to mention their name. And you could tell the, the woman who was calling me was a, um, a customer service agent and she was calling from her bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> and I could hear the kids come in. She's going, and they go, Mom, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and we're going through the routine of them um, saying, Nick, have you had any heart problems? Had any, and I'll go hear these kids in the background. Like, it's, they're trying to be professional, but it, they're not quite nailing it with the kids in the background. Yeah. So yes. I think you need to find, yes, work remotely is great, but you need some, some basic quiet time where there's no kids, no distractions, and you've basically got the, the room or the office to yourself. Or home to yourself. Yes. I think at least people so, are a lot more understanding during Corona. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not you. So, other people. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say, Lisa, that it, it, it's really interesting. So we've not had one customer complaint um, 
due to coronavirus. So, so I think you're probably right. People are more understanding mm. um, in all that we're all probably cutting each other a little bit more slack. slack. Yeah. But I think Nick's point is really valid, which is at some point you do want to get back to probably a slightly more professional situation than a yeah. in delivery or in a home with children, dogs, cats, whatever it may be. Um, but, um, but, you know, interestingly enough, globally, I think everyone seems to be making this work at the moment, right? So you're not hearing horrific stories really from anywhere in the world. It seems to be that on the whole, everyone's finding a way to make this, you know, at least manageable. Yeah, exactly. It's like just wear your pyjamas below and then try and look professional up. Be <laughs> <laughs> professional up top, wear a t-shirt. Stand up, stand up. I think you're wearing... No, no, I've got pants on today. Okay. That's, good. <laughs> That's a relief. He, you, he must really like you, Andrew, because he often doesn't wear pants. So. <laughs> so what does a typical day look like for you at home? Because I know, say, for example, Nick works out probably about 10 times a day. What do you do? <laughs> I don't even know if you do any work. What is it pretending to work at home? Um, so do you have a, a routine that, you know, you get up, you exercise, you do all that, or is it pretty much just whatever you feel like so um so i think again that's sort of evolving for me as this has gone along so um i think we have, have a tendency to possibly try and do too many of these sort of zoom or conference call style meetings when you work from home and if you're in an office environment you would build some other time in to walk to a meeting or to do something else i found myself early on doing 10 to 12 or 14 <laughs> calls in a day and then going, I actually didn't wow. achieve anything else yeah. today. So, so I think, you know, again, I found a bit of balance in doing that. Probably the, um, the exercise piece was something that we identified as a business early on that was pretty important to our people that, you know, we, we live this purpose of longer, healthier, happier lives. What could we do for our staff? So we started a um, campaign on Instagram for all of our staff to every day try and post some sort of fitness activity that they were doing and that got really great traction across the business. If nothing else, it just caused people to take a little bit of time out to um, hopefully post a fun video. Um, and, and we've used a number of other initiatives similar to that to try and find that balance between you know, your normal day-to-day -day and, and actually also trying to still stay connected to the rest of your team. So, you know, I in general, would like to meet with my team as much as possible, which just hasn't been possible in the last few weeks. So, um, again, finding other creative ways of meeting people for a coffee because we don't have the same lockdown restrictions that you have or other ways where you can still say, stay connected and maybe still have a little bit of fun along the way as well. Maybe you need to do an exercise live stream where you run the class for your team. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> You sound like one of our marketing people. Yeah. <laughs> I'd definitely tune in for that. Andrew, Andrew, did you end up posting a video of you exercising? <laughs> I did. I, um, I did a recent one as well, which was some virtual reality boxing, and it's been um, oh, widely cool. out of it. <laughs> that, that definitely will probably be meme-worthy, I, I imagine. <laughs> There's many people had lots of fun with that video, shall we say. Good on you. Well, I'm waiting for Nick. Um, wait, when's your exercise class? I'll tune in for that. Actually, it actually give me a good idea. I think I need to do something like that for the, the team locally. Yeah. Some, uh, You're a bit not me doing the, the videos. <laughs> not me doing the vids, because the guys are posting some vids of them exercising. Yeah, I was going to so, say, definitely not you. You're not fit. 
Sorry. No, not me. At least, least if you do it, you'll be eating the hamburger as you're doing your one. <laughs> I like having the hamburger as the weight. <laughs> well, thank you so much for making the time to have a chat to us, Andrew. I'll, I'll put you out of your misery now. I'm sure you probably <laughs> got more important things. To one do. last, uh, one last question, Andrew. What's your preference, Hong Kong or Singapore for living? Ooh. Uh, that's really easy, Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> what about Australia? Um, long time left, so I'm not, not sure that I'll be back anytime soon. Mm. We'll come and visit. Yeah, I, love, I love Hong Kong. It's a good time yep. city. It's good. It's a good city. We'd love to catch up with you guys for a glass of wine up here. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, definitely. We'll I'll bring the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat with us and we wish you and the Booper team, well, hopefully you guys stay safe and get through this and nothing else happens in Hong Kong for a very long time. <laughs> Thank you. You guys too. It was nice to chat to you. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Um, as soon as we jump off this call, I'm going to jump in on your Instagram and watch that video of you doing the virtual reality. <laughs> please please do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't wait. Have a good day, guys. Right, mate. Take care. <laughs> Take care. Thanks, Andrew. Bye.